Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. USF erased the 14-point deficit at Tulsa, and they are bowl eligible for the earliest time in program history. But are they playing with fire a bit? They host UConn this Saturday, and UCF also stays unbeaten with a bigger comeback at Memphis. The Gators have a huge game at Georgia in a week that will decide whether they will then win their division in the SEC. And Florida State is back in action against Wake Forest, but some ranked opponents await. Did Willie Taggart fix this bus during the bye week? We have college football talk with Times national writer, Matt Baker on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick before we get started on this podcast. Hey, if you're like me, you're sick and tired of paying these high electric bills. My last electric bill was well over $300, and folks, that is insane. Well, what you want to do to save 90 to 95% off your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar, that's right, it's a locally owned company. May Electric Solar is the safest solar available and they do not use high voltage like many other solar companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor, and they use their employees, no subcontractors ever. May Electric Solar has a full showroom and is available to see their products and is open during the weekdays. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% right now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit By changing to solar energy through 2019, call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Matt Baker joins us now. And, Matt, uh, a couple of interesting, well, several games last Saturday where teams erased big deficits. Let's start with USF. They were down, of course, uh, this this game was actually played during, during the week, but they were trailing Tulsa by 14 points. And they come back and, and win that game. It's uh, it's the earliest they've been bowl eligible, I guess. So congratulations to them for that. But they remain unbeaten. It just still feels like they're playing with fire. They host UConn this Saturday. They are ranked 21st in the nation, Matt. But I understand that they still haven't cracked your top 25. No, they still haven't cracked my top 25 because they haven't played at that kind of level yet i mean my feelings about the bulls are the same as they were last week pretty much i mean tulsa is not a particularly good team they're what are they one in five one in five now yeah yeah they played competitive in most of their games uh the, the golden hurricane has but still they're you know you look at the advanced metrics they're somewhere around like 95th in the country if USF is a top 25 team, they need to be showing it and beating up on some of these guys. And the fact is, USF was kind of fortunate to have a chance to win it late. Um, if things go a little bit differently, you know, maybe TU does some different play calling there on the last drive, things could work out differently. But, you know, give credit to USF for the win. A win is obviously better than a loss, but they haven't looked very good in doing so. And Tulsa was one-dimensional. Their quarterback couldn't throw worth a lick. And the fact is, TU uh, gave them everything they could handle. So until that starts changing, um, I'm not sure when the Bulls are going to be able to to crack my ballot. And you know, USF has has UConn this week. 
UConn is really bad. I mean, <laughs> l- l- let's let's just quickly look through their schedule here. Okay, UConn beat uh, Rhode Island, a one double A team, by seven. So I guess kudos to the Huskies for that. They lost fifty six seventeen to UCF, sixty two to seven to Boise, fifty one twenty one to Syracuse, forty nine to seven to Cincy, fifty five fourteen at Memphis. So their closest lo- closest game against an actual D one FBS opponent is a thirty point loss. So if USF doesn't just destroy these guys, then then that's kind of another uh, playing with fire, I guess, so to speak, for USF. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they should win this week for sure. Um, and and I guess you know what you can sort of. I mean, what is what is the part of USF's football team you think that that gets them in these holes against some of these teams? Is it their defense, or they're just not consistent on on either side of the ball? Not consistent enough on either side of the ball. I mean, I think the best, I think the biggest thing is the offense. As I'm kind of thinking about it, um, they weren't. Cl- I guess they they just don't seem to click. Is the easiest right, way to right. put it. Um, I'm thinking back to the East Carolina game where the defense played pretty darn well, but the offense just couldn't get going. It was eight or nine three and outs. And then last yeah, week, yeah. Uh, the the defense was okay in spots. Their the pass defense played very well, but then they'd give up a big run or. Um, the 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 offense would have some flashes and Cronkite could break out a big run or something, but then they just keep chucking the ball thirty yards downfield and it and one on one coverage and the guy couldn't catch the jump ball. So it's just they just haven't put everything together yet. And uh, if they do, if that light comes on, then they have the potential to be a very good team, um, certainly a top twenty five level team, and maybe even good enough to give UCF a run for its money at the end of the year on Black Friday, but. If they don't, then it's going to show up here in, in the coming weeks. I mean, UConn, again, that should be a pushover. But after that is Houston, uh, Temple, and Cincinnati still on the schedule. So we're going to find out just how good these Bulls are in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, after they face UConn for sure. So tell us now what the difference is between them and UCF. The Knights trailed uh, Memphis, who was a better team. They were 4-2, and two, but they trailed 30-14 to 14 with 204 left in the first half. It was by far their toughest, uh, you know, win of, of this season anyway. And, uh, you know, in the closing seconds, they could have lost that game. Memphis seemed to have a last chance at a field goal, but then kind of botched the clock uh, there after a nine-yard completion. So what do you see in UCF um, in their comeback that was that was maybe uh, worthy of, of keeping them in the top ten? And I don't know where you have them ranked right now in your poll. Yeah, they, I think they actually moved up a spot. I've got him at 10. I think I had him at 11 last week. Okay. So they moved up because of what other teams around them did. I mean, the one thing I always tell people when, when we, we talk about rankings, rankings do not occur in a vacuum. There's more right. that goes on rather than just how Team X played on that given Saturday. I mean, sure. what, one thing that, that, that helped UCF is Pitt playing Notre Dame down to the wire because yeah. uh, the Knights blew out Pitt earlier this year. So that's kind of, okay, maybe we put a little bit more stock in that Pitt win. Um, sure. But but the big thing, just comparing apples to apples here, USF's comeback and UCF's comeback, Memphis is a pretty darn good team. Like you said, they're 4-2. They're, they're and two. A lot of the advanced metrics I look at has them as a top 40-ish, top 50 team, which is a big jump from a 95th. Um, both both games on the road, obviously, USF had a shorter week, so that's something you take into account. But, um, I mean, Memphis, um, Daryl Henderson, their running back, he's one of the most explosive players in the country at any position. Now, I did my midseason All-America team 
um, the other day. He was a pretty easy slam dunk first team All-American at running back in my eyes. So they have some talent. They have an explosive running back, uh, a lot more talent than, than Tulsa has. And, and the other thing to remember, too, if we're just comparing the, the bodies of work so far, that was UCF's closest game by far. Everything else they've won by, I think they've, they've won everything else by at least 20 points. Whereas that's kind of been par for the course for how the Bulls have done things so far. So um, I guess I'm saying the Knights' body of work so far has given me enough confidence to kind of overlook that as a blip against a pretty good team. Whereas USF's close games over you know, Illinois team that just got drubbed by Purdue and Georgia Tech team that just got beat by two touchdowns at home against Duke. They, they have they don't have that kind of benefit of the doubt yet just because of how they played against the teams they've beaten. Makes sense. And, and speaking of great comebacks, uh, how about the Florida Gators? They were uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were in deep. I mean, it made sense, right? Coming off a big win against LSU. Oh, yeah. But no, nobody expected them maybe to fall behind 18 points on the road yeah. to always tough Vanderbilt, and they dug themselves quite a hole. Um, but then they, you know, they they steadied the ship. They came back. Felipe Franks uh, had you know his best passing game, 284 yards. Now has 15 touchdown passes and just five interceptions. So, look, they got a huge game uh, at Georgia in a week, and that one will probably pretty much decide you know that division of the SEC but let's talk about the Gators and what you think happened to them and and what you made of their comeback at Vanderbilt I I think you're exactly right I think they kind of sleepwalked into it a little bit I mean it was was a noon start um noon start sleepy Vanderbilt uh Mm -hmm. crowd looked to be about 50 50 maybe 60 40 Gators Vanderbilt's an easy team to look past and again after the big emotional win over LSU getting ready for a bye that just has kind of troubled trap stuff all, written all sure. over it. Vanderbilt's mm-hmm. not good, but they're not terrible either. They do have some good playmakers. I mean, Jordan Griffin, the linebacker at Armwood, uh, made a couple big plays for them. So I think it's just a matter of they kind of overlooked it. Um, Vanderbilt obviously got hyped up to play him. And then at a certain point, Gators kind of said, okay, enough of this. And then they started figuring things out and, and were able to to pull away um so i'm again i'm not taking a whole lot away from that other than the fact that the the gators were able to pull it out and the i mean we'll say this florida's a lot better this year than i thought they were going to be i oh, thought yeah. year one under dan mullen there were going to be some bumps some growing pains i thought like a six and six seven and five eh, i probably said seven and five at the start of the year maybe eight and four um so for them to be six and one right now and have s- certainly a puncher's chance maybe better than that against Georgia next week in Jacksonville. I mean, they're they're ahead of schedule uh, definitely so far for year one under Mullen. Yeah, four and one in the SEC. They have the exact same record as the Georgia Bulldogs. And I guess, you know, if you if you thought that win over LSU was good, you must really like it now because LSU um, really did Georgia and, and in a way, Matt, that I thought was, you know, dominance. I mean, they ran the ball. They played good defense. It was not, did not seem to be a fluke what LSU did to Georgia, oh. and that's why LSU is fifth again overall. Yeah, absolutely. That was not a fluke. I mean, you think about the way Kirby Smart has tried to build Georgia. He's tried to make another Alabama, try to recreate Nick Saban's process in Athens. Now, no, you know, teams have tried that before in varying degrees. The Gators are 0 for 2 in that. Um, but Kirby, I think everybody thought was, you know, after last year, um, them getting, you know, having a, a being in contention, a play away from winning the national title. I think everyone thought that 
Kirby was getting Georgia to that Bama level. But what we saw on Saturday was LSU kind of out Bama them. I mean, yeah. the, the styles of play are different. But what I, what I mean by that is Bama's dominance is built particularly uh, on the lines. They're bigger and more physical than everybody else. And now they've got a different element with Tua. But um, and Georgia just got pushed around on, on both lines by LSU. Um, LSU has always had players, and now they're able to put things together. Um, their D lines maybe not as great as, as it has been in the past, although they make it make up for it on the back half of that defense. Um, so, yeah, uh, Georgia was just just kind of got manhandled. And now, if, if you're if you want to be optimistic for Georgia, uh, they had the wake up call last year against Auburn. Figure things out after that, and again, it came within a play of winning a, a national championship. But I thought Georgia at the start of the year was going to take a slight step back. I mean, you don't lose um, Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb one of the best running back duos in the history of college football. And I say that without a hint of hyperbole uh, without, and plus Roquan Smith and all the other guys, you don't lose those guys and not take a small step back. So again, that just makes the, the uh, cocktail party in Jacksonville next Saturday, even more interesting. It's completely up for grabs in my mind. Yeah. It's going to be a great game. You will be there. Correct. Correct. Okay, we got to make sure Matt Baker is up there. I wanted to ask you about, before we move off of Florida real quick, because we've talked about this guy a lot. And, look, I think Florida, uh, Dan Mullen is doing it the right way, um, you know, with, uh, with, with defense, uh, running the football. Um, he's played around Felipe Franks a little bit, except last week. Yeah. Uh, again, Franks did very, very well. I mean, on the year, you know, he's, he just looks like a better quarterback. Um, you know, a, a year ago, he was, what, nine touchdowns, eight interceptions. He also had Correct. 29 sacks. This year, he's only been sacked eight times. I credit <clears throat> some of that to the quarterback and recognizing when to get the ball out and just and just being quicker with the decision-making. Can Franks be the difference uh, in, in that Georgia-Florida game in as much as um, he's going to have to play big against a very, you know, against a quarterback that was really good for Georgia a year ago? Yeah, I mean – He's going to be one of the keys to it. There's no question about it. I mean, last year, uh, the Gators' offensive line was just a mess against Georgia. And I covered yeah. that game, and I guess I'd use the word covered loosely because that, that was just one of the weirder <laughs> experiences uh, of my career because everyone's kind of watching the game. But the big story is what's happening with Jim McElwain. So there's all these oh, side yeah. conversations and back conversations and corners sure. of the press box trying to figure out what's Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com going on and the fact that the game was a, a blowout um made it i guess better and worse in that respects um yeah. so my lasting memory of that other than the weirdness was george's just incredibly fast defense flying all over florida and then the gators not having a, a chance at all so if they're going to have a you know if they're going to be able to to beat georgia franks does have to have a good game he doesn't have to i don't think he has to win it himself because sure. Uh, the Gators haven't asked him to do that yet, and I don't think they need to. I mean, well, Michael P. Ryan and Jordan Scarlett are both very good backs. The defense 
again, I, I think is one of the bigger surprises, probably the biggest positive surprise in the state and one of the biggest in the country. I mean, let's not forget, the Gators' defense last year was pro- statistically the worst since World War II in terms of the <laughs> points allowed per game and, and yards allowed per play. So for them to be top 25 is kind of, you know, it's kind of stunning. I think they had, okay, here's another, just one other defensive stat. They had 23 sacks all of last year, the Gators' defense did, and they have 21 through seven weeks of this season. Sure. So yeah. the defense is good enough to to make them competitive, but I th- could certainly see a scenario where at the end of the game it's going to come down to whether Felipe Franks makes the right read or makes the right touch pass or whatever it is to have a chance to, at a, that what would probably be the biggest win of his career. Of course, whether it's Florida or Georgia, it doesn't seem to matter. Alabama's in a different level, not just in the SEC, maybe in the nation, right? I, I don't think there's a maybe <laughs> about it. Yeah, um, yeah. Alabama, I mean, I haven't watched a ton of them this year, which is um, kind of weird, but there's there's no point. <laughs> Let's be right. honest. I mean, they're crushing everybody by, by 20, 30, 40 points. Um, the de- they're, they're not perfect. I mean, they, what's weird about Bama is for so long they've been defense, defense, defense. Their defense is, is good, but it's not as good as some of the past Bama defenses have been. They're not as physical as they have been. They're susceptible to an occasional big play. But the the other part of it is Bama's offense is ridiculous. I mean, uh, Tua Tungavaloa, he's on pace to break the, the um, single-season passing efficiency record by a zillion. I mean, he, right now he's at 248. Um, and passer rating. I think the, the NCAA record is something like 191 or 198 or something like that. He's just so Jeez. far above the best that we have ever seen in terms of his statistics. And, and it backs up with the eye test, too, with his ability to run and make the deep ball and everything else. I don't see anybody stopping Bama, but, I mean, that's what makes a sport great is all the unforeseen upsets. And, you know, if they were... If this goes as we expect it to, they're going to have to play a Georgia or Florida probably uh, for the SEC East title, then play maybe Notre Dame and maybe an Ohio State after that. So they'll they'll have some tests along the way. Plus, they still have to play LSU in Baton Rouge here in a couple of weeks. So we're going to find out exactly how good Bama is. But right now, they look like not only the best team in the country, but one of the best teams in recent memory. Yeah, for sure. And and as I've said, I think to one one of the best quarterbacks I've seen in college in years. I really like that kid. Um, Florida State coming off their bye week. They're going to host Wake Forest. Or Wake Forest, you'll be at that game. Let me throw a number at you here. 652. That's the number of days since Florida State defeated a ranked opponent. Their last defeat of a ranked team was the win over number 10 Michigan in the 2016 Orange, Orange Bowl. Bowl. So, Matt, is Florida State a, an elite program anymore? Can we can we put that on them? I mean, what what is the state of of, of of that that football team right now? They are an elite program that has taken uh, big steps backward. Um, yeah. They still have. I, I mean, program to me is more than just one or two rough years. Um, it, it's okay. the infrastructure, the money, the recruiting base, and everything else. And now FSU sure. isn't one of the richest. You know, they're not at. Um, Texas A&M and Texas money and that sort of thing. But the fact is their resources are good enough. Um, the facilities have gotten a lot better and they're making strides. I mean, they, they're working toward a new football complex. I think it's $65, $70 million that they're going to be opening in the next couple of years. Um, 
made a lot of changes to the stadium. And, and, and the fact is they're recruiting at the highest level in the state of Florida right now. Obviously, Florida, we know what kind of athletes this area produces. So they still have a lot of advantages. But the fact is last year was a debacle. Um, and this year has been, I guess in some ways, it's been worse. I mean, last year you could at least kind of pin it on, okay, well, starting quarterback gets hurt and then – um, you get the Hurricane Irma um, and, and all the, the, you know, just the devastation that that rod and that messed up practice, which, of course, was the least of anybody's worries. But it did have an impact on the football field. And a lot of the losses they had were close, too. I mean, NC State loss came down to the wire. Louisville game came down to the wire. Well, and look at what they've been doing this year. They were not competitive at all at home against Virginia Tech. They got crushed on the road at Syracuse, and then they choked away a 20-point lead at Miami. So they haven't been good. Now, I, I still think they have all of the right, you know, the tradition and, again, the recruiting base and, and the facilities are on the works to still be an elite level top 10, top 15 program. They just, they just haven't played like it last year, and they're not playing like it this year. Some streaks on the line, the winning streak of, for the program and the number of uh, consecutive bowl games. Their last final six opponents are all top 25 right now in the coaches' poll. Two of them, you got Clemson, you got Notre Dame. I mean, those teams could be you know, in the yeah, national playoff picture. You're at, you're at NC State, which is top 20, and then you close the year at, at Florida, which is a top at, 15 yeah. team. So if, if they are going, yeah, if they're going to make it to a bowl game, they have to handle Wake Forest, and I think they will Saturday. The fact that I have to hesitate tells you a lot. Um, <laughs> Wake Forest's best player, the guy, is receiver uh, Greg Dorch, who's been banged up. I would expect him to play or certainly try to. It, if he does, then Wake will have at least a, a shot at beating FSU. Uh, and then they're going to have to beat Boston College uh, at the end of November. I think it's November 17th. This is a BC team, remember, that crushed the Knolls in uh, Chestnut Hill last year. So if they win those two, they're still going to have to upset a top 20 team to make it to a bowl game. So it's just it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. Last year, they had to reschedule Louisiana Monroe because of the hurricane and rescheduled it for the sole purpose of extending the bowl streak. And now mm-hmm. that bowl streak might not make it another year. Yeah. They've, they've continued in the, during the bye week to mess with their offensive line, try to find the right combination. That right now seems to be the biggest thing that's keeping them from from you know another – I mean, they obviously have other needs too, but they just can't protect the quarterback. That, that's, that's absolutely right. And some of it is they you know, – thinking back to the Miami game, Miami's got one of the best defensive fronts in football. I think they have sure. 20 tackles for a loss more than any other team, which is an astounding number – itself but fsu's offensive line has been a mess now some of that falls back on jimbo fisher who didn't mm-hmm. recruit and develop enough uh, of the high caliber guys um they don't really have any true offensive tackles or many offensive tackles so they're they're moving guards there and uh landon dickerson who was a big blue chip recruit a couple years ago he's, he's been the, you know he's the most talented guy but he's been banged up with an ankle injury and Willie Taggart was saying Monday that it's not entirely sure when he'll be back. So I don't know. I don't see that line getting a whole lot better. And again, when we're looking at that schedule and who they've got coming up, Clemson's team line is nasty. Uh, North Carolina State's defensive front obviously lost a good amount from last year, but they're still pretty good. Notre Dame's defense, uh, uh, Tillery, one of their linemen, was an All-America caliber player. And we talked about the Gators and what they've been doing. So 
it, it could be ugly the last, you know, this this last half of the season for FSU unless their line improves, and I don't know how it's going to. Yeah, Willie Taggart's got his work cut out for him. Um, you know, this was a game that uh, we talked about last week, and uh, I didn't have much faith in Wisconsin. Now I have even less faith. My my lack of faith was rewarded as Michigan rolls over the Badgers and their uh, lack of a quarterback or a passing game certainly came into play. Does What do you make of that victory? And does does Michigan have a path to the playoffs? I mean, they, they're going to go on a pretty good uh, opponent run right now. Oh, oh, Michigan definitely has a path. I mean, well, let's remember, too, it, we're, we're sitting here right now. There's four teams at the top that are undefeated, Bama, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson. So if those guys run the table, then then that's your, your final four. Sorry, GCF. Sure. Sure. But that's not how college football works. It, right. it just isn't. It's not going to be that simple and clean cut. And that's why the sport is so amazing, because there's going to be weird stuff that happens. So I'm expecting at least probably two, maybe three of those guys to slip up, which wow. absolutely opens up a path to Michigan. I mean, Michigan, I think, honestly, controls their own destiny. Their only loss was a close loss at Notre Dame in the opener. Notre Dame, again, a top four caliber team. Which looks and good now, yeah. It looks, and it, it certainly has helped in Notre Dame, too, as their opponents kind of struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you look at, too, the way Michigan has transformed over the course of the year. Um, they were figuring things out with Shea Patterson, the Ole Miss transfer at quarterback. They've, they've certainly figured it out by now. Um, obviously, the win over Wisconsin was big, and you look at who they've got coming up. At Michigan State, uh, Penn State is still, you know, they, they've slipped up a couple times. Penn State is still going to be a 9-3 and three caliber top 25-ish team. Uh, Rutgers, Indiana, blah, 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 and then at Ohio State at the end of the year. So if they can, That's it, the plus, yeah. plus presumably the, the Big Ten title game if they if they beat the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. So they absolutely have a path to the playoff. I don't know that they're going to get there because Ohio State is still pretty good. And uh, let's not forget Urban Meyer's 0-3 against um, the Buckeyes. But they have a path there, and they have a legitimate chance at it, I think. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh not doing very good against Ohio State. Um, I thought uh, last week's uh, Oregon win over Washington in overtime was interesting. Jim Levitt uh, and his defense managed to help uh, help the, the Oregon Ducks win. But this week is a bigger game. I guess game day, college game day will be there. Oregon at Washington State, what do you make of that one? Yeah, I, I'm just fascinated by this one because Washington State – is a really weird team. I mean, that's kind of what you expect when you've got a pirate Mike Leach as the head coach, right? Um, <laughs> right. They, they, they've got some close wins, including uh, Utah had the close loss to USC in a weird game where there were like the Pac-12 was overstepping its bounds in terms of uh, officiating and just some weird stuff. Um, but like, yeah, this is the first time college game day has come to Washington State. Uh, you think about Washington, uh, game day, one of the, the staples of it is the Washington State flag, old crimson in the background. Well, I can't imagine how plays, how amped up Pullman is going to be um, oh. <laughs> for this environment. One of my, one of my uh, best friend's wife, AJ, his wife, Sarah, is one of the marching band directors out there. So shout out to the oh, Millers wow. um, for what's going to be an amped up environment. The, Washington State coming off of a bye, Oregon coming off of an emotional win over one of their rivals, Washington. Man, Oregon, I think, is the better team, but they are in a tough spot there. So I think that's going to be probably the most, maybe the most entertaining game of the day, given just the different styles. Washington State, Mike Leach throw it around a zillion times. 
Oregon, Mario Cristobal, uh, the former FIU coach, has kind of built the Ducks into more like an SEC team with their physical play along the line. So I think that has potential to be just a, a very fun game to watch. I look forward to that one. It is hard to believe that uh, you, know, you see that Washington State Cougars flag everywhere game day is. You'll see a bunch of them on Saturday morning. That's for sure. That'll be Absolutely. Fun. Well, Matt, you'll be at Florida State Wake Forest. We'll look for you for that report. And then, of course, uh, for all things college football, you have to read Matt Baker in the Tampa Bay Times, uh, one of the best college writers in the country. And uh, we appreciate having him here every week for us. Thanks, Matt. You got it. Thanks, Rick. Of course, tomorrow we'll talk more college football and the NFL got a full slate of games in a football Friday here. We're also going to have a chance to listen to Box defense coordinator Mark Duffner, who takes over for the fired Mike Smith. You'll have some interviews with him. And the Lightning play the Red Wings to uh, wrap up their long homestand to start the regular season. And remember, folks, uh, if you're tired of those out-of-control electric bills, well, you got a chance to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill. Please call May Electric Solar. They're a locally-owned company, and uh, they're going to do you right. you got a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. Make sure that you call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862, 727-819-2862. And right now you can save a 30% tax credit if you change to solar by 2019. For Steve think I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.